Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Andy Tenty Podcast number 1003. Hey, Nashville. Um, I will be in your town uh, this weekend, which is May 30th, the 31st and June 1st. Uh, at Zany's 2019, and the following weekend at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City, Utah. Go to ID10T.com for ticket links to that stuff. Um, and now let's go to your community corkboard. Horn section. That's the best horn section we should get? Yeah, is you know, got him on Craigslist. I don't know. This is the last minute, last minute fill-in. Well, I've really created all narrative here for this. Um, so Mr. Bram writes, I love hearing about things others start, so I want to tell you about my thing. It's called Fit the Fam. This is a car review channel on YouTube where I, a father of three small kids, review cars. From a parent's perspective, I go so far as to actually install three different kinds of car seat in every car I review. I'm the only one on YouTube looking at how car seats fit in each car. I will also be reviewing car seats and products that make parenting while in a car easier. The channel is Fit the Fam. It's on YouTube and all the social sites, and you can link uh, through to it by going to fitthefam.com. Well done. Someday when I have uh, some uh, little tiny humans, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the, the thing. Because if I don't have kids, watching that might be weird. Um, this is for uh, – but good job. Good job, Mr. Bram. This is from Stefan who writes, My friend Annie and I combined our two loves in life, bowling – Yes, and all things nerd. Come on. The Tactical Cube 138 League is a 12-week summer league starting May 29th. We want to bring people together to celebrate nerd culture while bowling. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking on board this. Dude. Um, Movies, anime, cartoons, cosplay, comic books, and anything in between. Uh, During the league, we will have raffles and theme nights like cosplay night, comic book night, Star Trek night. In the Denver area, we want to meet some fellow nerds and some bowling thrown in. Our meeting and first night is May 29th at 6 p.m. at Bolero in Lakewood, Colorado. Any questions, people can call 303-980-0300. Ah, see, there's a 300. It's a bowling number. Or email. Yeah, like my dad's bowling center, the last four digits are 2695 because it spells bowl. It's just a fun thing that bowling centers do. Um, or you can email these folks, Stefan at nerdbowlingleague at gmail.com. God damn it. I used to live in the 303. I could have gone to that. Can I feasibly fly back there every week for 12 weeks? No, probably not. But I will be with you in spirit. God, I need a nerd bowling league in my life. 
anyway, events at ID10T.com is how you can uh, register your thing or the thing of a person that you like or care about. Um, this episode is Alexandra Ship, who plays uh, uh, Storm in Dark Phoenix, which is in theater June 7th. And she is also in Son of Shaft the following weekend, uh, opening June 14th. But uh, she's great! Oh my god, I had so much fun talking to her. And we took the picture afterwards, and I tried like three different ways to take the proper selfie with a statue of a polar bear that I have. And she goes, no, 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 you're shooting all wrong. You're shooting from underneath. What are you doing? Like one shot. She took the perfect selfie picture. See, we need to embrace the knowledge that the millennials have about this digital age that we live in. But uh, Alexander was just such a great conversation and such a, such a cool human. And, uh, and now I'm a, now I'm like really invested in her career. I'm a big fan because, uh, well, she just has such a great story. So just listen. Uh, I believe you will be on board for all that as well. And I'm so excited to, to see what she does uh, after Dark Phoenix and even after Son of Shaft. But she's going to do great things, even greater things. So thank you to Alexandra Ship for coming on and being a phenomenal guest. And uh, again, it's one of the things I love about the podcast. Like, oh, there are people that come on and um, I don't really know much about them personally. And I just get to unlock all these wonderful human things about them and learn in the process. And, you know, it's like, it just reminds me that the podcast is a great reminder that it's so important to sit down and have conversations with people in real life, even people that you don't normally get to hang out with. Um, so I hope that even if you don't have a podcast, you're encouraged to go out and just have conversations with people because I feel like this is what people were meant to do, have conversations with each other. Um, so this is the ID Tenty podcast number 1003. With Alexandra Ship. Roll it! Initiating ID10T protocol. doing i'm good good i'm good now you're it's have you started gearing up for all of the dark phoenix press yet okay so it's like it's it's full it's full on it's not full on it's a slow crawl and then it's just gonna be like a giant clusterfuck at the end you know what i mean every day yeah it's gonna be like one thing to the next which is really fun and exciting but in the beginning it's like you're kind of like, it's like double dutch. Yeah. And you're yeah. kind of just waiting for the swing. And you're like, call me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are we today? We're in China tomorrow in Australia. Okay, great. That makes perfect sense. Got it. Yeah. How much do I have to sleep? How many melatonins do I have to take? <laughs> oh, my God. Melatonin used to save my ass on the road so much so when much. I was traveling. But I can't take it anymore. It like it. Did you get used to it? I got used to it. And then it. I was starting to feel, I never used to feel it before, yeah. and I got to a place where I started to feel it the next day, yeah. and so I just had to, I had to stop Take taking break, it. yeah. Yeah. Do you sleep a full night of melatonin, or is it, because I can, it gives me like four straight hours, and that's it. Well, I can sleep, I was raised by a single mom, so I can sleep anywhere. Okay. As long as I can. 
Gotcha. I'm like the queen of cat naps. <laughs> I will curl up in a ball somewhere and I'll like do like a quick five minute power. The twenty minute nap is a is a is a big deal. If you can master the twenty minute nap, you're it's, you're it's in so good shape. real. But also as an actor, you know, you're exuding so much emotion a lot of the time that it does take a lot out of you. Of course, you know. So you're like, okay, I I have we have thirty minutes for lunch. I'm going to eat my lunch in my trailer, <laughs> turn the heat all the way up to 80, sleep for a good 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and then get back in the chair for hair and makeup touches. Yep. It's, 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 so you, you've kind of, you have to figure out a rhythm. And I've figured out a rhythm, which is really hot trailers and a full belly. <laughs> yeah, but then how do you come out of that coma in Sometimes minutes? it's hard. Sometimes it's way rougher yeah more rough i don't know sometimes it's worse but you know you you kind of just have to like kick yourself out of it sometimes it'll, it can be really hard though and you're like grumpy and someone knocks at your trailer and you like open the door and it's pitch black and you got <laughs> one eye open and you're like <laughs> your trailer's like a hot yoga room basically they're yeah. like oh they're ready for you on set and i'm like Bleh. are they Oh, yeah. Are they? Are they really? Are they? Or is everyone back from lunch? Or am I going to sit around for an hour? Yeah. Am I going to hurry up and wait? I could have gotten an extra five. Sometimes it's like that. That it is. It is. But that's the that's the thing that I feel like in acting classes, there should be full like nights devoted to, all right, uh, you guys have all prepared your scenes. Yeah. Um, we're just going to wait around for four hours. Yeah. And I might ask you to do it, uh, and I, but I might not. Yeah. And I might get you up on stage, and then one of the lights is going to go out, and then you're going to have to sit back down and yeah. wait another hour. Yeah. And also, when you're when you're doing something like X Men, you're in a costume that takes multiple people to get out of, of in course. and out of. You know, so it's like, okay, now I'm I have to sit here and like on Apocalypse, I had two corsets and oh a waist singer. Because <laughs> you know, Storm's body is. Basically unrealistic. I mean, unless you're Jada Pinkett, but like, not everyone can be Jada Pinkett Smith. You know what I mean? Well, and and also, you know, they're superheroes who are yeah. supposed to be yeah. superhuman. Mm-hmm. But I also, uh, I, I I also think that teaching people to, because you know, like people just learn to act. They learn yeah. how to access emotions. They learn how to be in scenes. They learn how to create backstories and histories. Yeah. But to, but the skill set of learning how to do that. Under which is basically like a steeplechase yeah. of things that you have to like stop, start, wait, close up, do this thirty yeah. times. Yeah. Now do this. Now do coverage. Now come back and do it all again tomorrow. It's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you like that process? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the idea of of lighting and stage direction and and um, marks. I like hitting my marks. It's like it's like a dance. It's like music. And when you make things different but the same. It just totally can change the entire tone of the scene. Yeah. I just did a job for Annapurna. Uh, it's a video game called Telling Lies. Mm-hmm. And what was really beautiful about it, well, first of all, it was like a 230-page script. Oh, my gosh. So, Oh, because yeah. there's a, probably a lot of, like, a options lot. and choices. and Totally. And it's kind of, and they've explained it to me a million times, but I don't play a lot of video games. So I'm not very, I haven't understood it and I haven't played it yet. But the way that we shot it was really beautiful and it felt like theater because you would do the entire scene all the way through. Mm -hmm. I worked with Logan Marshall Green 
who was a fantastic actor. And this dude would memorize like 10 pages at a time. And the way that we shot it was like it was a bunch of FaceTimes. So I would be holding the camera and I'd be walking around and hitting different marks and showing him something in the space. But I had to camera up because no one could be in the room. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So you're basically the point of view, like you're, it's it's like you're it's holding. Yeah, yeah. It's FaceTime. Yeah. But I'm holding the camera, making sure that I don't get, you know, uh, the camera in the back of shot and a mirror or mm-hmm. like making sure that I'm in frame, but also not pantomiming, like I'm showing him keys and I'm not like, you know, jingling it right in front of my right. face, you know, and you don't want it to be too on the nose. But it was really beautiful because I got a chance to kind of feel like I was back in theater. I started in theater when I was 10, so it was cool to kind of be back there and be hitting those beats and knowing you only get one take. Right. Yes, we got to do it a couple of times, but also, you know, there's only so many times you can do five to six to ten pages. Right. All the way through. Right. Nonstop. And it was just really cool how we would just go in and out. And I loved that. I loved that whole dance. Well, yeah, because you're doing a big-budget superhero movie, I would imagine it's a a little more... It's a, probably a little more chopped up because you have to. There's like effects, and you gotta. There's yeah. a lot of shit going on, yeah. and, and there's, and there's a lot also of so many people that are on camera that like I move in the slightest, and I'm completely shadowing, you know, uh, Dark Phoenix's face, right? And so it's there's there's so much that goes into it that's technical, mm-hmm. and it's what really made me fall in love with screen acting in in particular because. With theater, you're doing it big and you're trying to get it to the back of the house. With acting, it's all subtle. It's mm-hmm. just so subtle. And in that subtlety lies like a lot of beautiful layers. And it's really beautiful to watch and see how someone can be intricate. Plus, I'm like really overly technical about things so like i like to have a good rapport with my dp or my or my camera op oh that's so smart you have to yeah i'm like what's your frame what are you trying to achieve what are you trying to see where's where's your eye at because they're gonna make you look the best because that's what they're doing well that but also i'm gonna make them look the best that's right you know we we help each other they can light my face and i look like i'm 12 years old or i can make sure that we're not doing a million fucking takes right Right, right, right. You know, so we help and feed each other. And I love that. And I worked on this job called Tragedy Girls where we were editing it while we were shooting it. Oh, my gosh. And it was really beautiful because I I was able to develop a really good rapport with our editor because he's on set just like in a closet somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, editing it. I'm able to see the tone of the movie. I'm able to see the type of um, jokes and beats and paces that they're going for. So then it turned... I could I could fall into the swing of things and I can deliver every day, but also be like, okay, so I know that this is what you guys want. <laughs> I know this is how you're gonna do it, but like, give me a take. Right, but that but not all not all actors can do that though because if they if they stand behind the editor and start look, they'll go, oh, you know, like they get in their head or like, yeah. oh, why are you using that? Oh, that didn't like that take. Oh, you know, yeah. and they can it can really fuck them up. Yeah, and so it you 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 know it sounds like you have a little more of a director's brain, uh, which can remove you from that kind of emotional stuff, which can really trip. Like there's some actors, you know, like Andy Lincoln on Walking Dead would never watch the show because he just didn't want his didn't performance want affected by his judgment. Yeah. Um, and so that's really that's a really dangerous thing. So that's yeah. a really good skill set to have. But you're feeding the audience. You know what I mean? And and also when you're working on jobs and from an actor's standpoint, you don't know what you're seeing. 
you don't a lot of the time you don't get to watch the take back mm -hmm. a lot of actors don't like to get to don't like to watch the take back i personally do because i want to know what it looks like and what we're trying to do because I don't want to do a million takes. Right. Or if we are doing some Kubrick million take stuff, <laughs> then, like, I want to know. You know? Like, I don't want them to just be like, again, like, hold on a minute. <laughs> Calm down, Stan. What are we doing? Why? Did you just call Stanley Kubrick Stan? I did. That's great. I did. I did. <laughs> I never thought of him as a Stan before. That just blew my He's mind. Stan the man. It's right there, and I never thought of Kubrick as a Stan. 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 I get it. What are we doing? The elevators open up, the blood pours out, but for fuck's sake, we've been doing this shot for s three months. Come on, Kubi. Kubi. <laughs> Come on, Koobs. Kubi is the guy in your friend group in high school that is the, like, he's the fuck up. Totally. Kubi, why did you Kubi, stop? Oh, God. Who then becomes a billionaire yeah. because he spent all of his time making hilarious videos in his parents' garage. Who shit in the trunk? Kubi! Kubi! He's why'd wild, you... but he's yeah. creative. Yeah, he is. He's very and creative. he can get there. He can get there, but it takes a while. It does. But then... I don't mind a lot of takes, you know what I mean? But... I want to know that we got what we're looking for, so now it's open to play. Right. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, we've got the, the 60th take. 61 is for me. Ooh, this scene's going to be something different. <laughs> it's going to either be a comedy. It's going to be a softcore. It's, I'm going to change it up, honey, because I did it 60 times the same way with, uh, again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Or could you just play a light saxophone underneath? We're gonna, I'm not sure this is really appropriate, but we'll try it. We'll yeah. try it. Well, you know what? That's the thing about taking wild swings like that is that you never know what direction that's going to take you in. Never. And you never know how it's going to affect the chemistry of the other people. And, um, you know, I, I've worked on stuff before, like more in animation, where they'll say, okay, do, do the as-written take. Now do an insane crazy take. Just yeah. improvise. Doesn't matter. Just be as weird and wild and dirty as you want. Yeah. We probably won't use most of it, but then the take after that, everyone's super connected. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's beautiful to see, like, you know, I like being surprised by other actors and their choices. I think it keeps it fresh and interesting. Um I don't like when like when I'm like doing a scene and someone's like, "Oh, I've decided that I'm gonna literally stand in front of the camera on your single." That's like, a bad improv. Like, bruh, what is you dirt? <laughs> like, now we can't use any of this, and now we've got the back of your head. Like, yeah. no one, like, no offense, great backting, but like, you know, so it's like those moments where you're like, is backting when someone's back is right in front of the camera? Oh, a hundred percent. I like that. I, like I that do term. solid backting. I think that's what's going to get me my first award. If someone's going to be like, yo, when she swiveled her neck from the back. Oh, in the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's definitely going to be from my. Peers. And then you have to accept the awards. You have to walk backwards onto stage. I'm going to dress like crisscross. <laughs> And come out to jump. And I'm going to come out like, jump, jump. Don't this award make you want to jump. Come I mean, on. that song came out the year you were born. So I appreciate that you have uh, a respect for the classics. Oh, 100%. Like jump, jump. Oh, 100%. Criss Cross was my jam. What did you, what type of, what did you watch when you were growing up? I am a cartoon buff. Okay. I've always loved cartoons, um, graphic novels, stuff like that. So growing up, I watched a, I was definitely a Nick kid. Mm -hmm. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon, Angry Beavers. Angry Beavers. Hey Arnold. Uh, Rugrats, Doug, Ren and Stimpy. Rugrats, Doug, Wild Thornberries. All the jazz. Mm -hmm. All the jazz. I loved cartoons growing up. 
Do you do cartoon voiceovers now? I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I still audition and stuff for things like that, but, and I like cartoons, and I like the idea of it taking me away to some two-dimensional world that is completely outside of a norm, and I don't have to focus on acting cues and stuff like that, because I'll find myself, like, watching a really great movie, and, like, I won't like someone's performance, or I'll be like, you know, they could have gone so much farther there. They needed about mm-hmm. two more takes, you know? Yeah. And then I would have, it would have blown me away, and it would have created so many more layers, and I, like, get into, like, my thinking brain whenever I'm watching, like, human stuff. Yeah. So I like watching cartoon things, because... I can come up with my own interpretation. I have my own idea. It's why I love playing Storm is because I'm not, you know, stuck to feeling like she's one thing or another. She's a cartoon. I get to play with her. She, right. I get to be her, but human. What does that look like? Yeah, and that's like that's the sort of the superhero genre really is just a great live action cartoon. It ultimately, is. is what we're watching. Yeah, which is exciting and I can say from experience that you show up on set and it took four people to get you into your costume but you're feeling good (laughs) (laughs) and you get on set and it's just exactly out of the comics it's so well done the people who are set decks and are are, um, HODs they just do such a great job when it comes to making you feel like you are not where you are Mm -hmm. and you get there and you're like oh Everything looks like the comic. (laughs) I look like the comic. Oh, my God. Am I in a comic right now? I remember my first day I was working with Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah, of course. Who is a huge fan, especially of Psylocke, and loves comics. I've I've known Olivia as a dear friend of mine. We worked at G4 together many years ago. Such a nerd. She's literally the best and one of the funniest people I know. So we both walk on set. She's dressed like Psylocke, having her own little mental breakdown about how lit she is. And I'm, like, in a corner by myself, like, I'm dressed like Storm. Oh my god, I'm on this incredible set. Oh my god, there's like five cameras. Is that Michael Fassbender? And I just lock eyes with (laughs) Olivia. And we're both like, this is fire. Yes. And had just a total geek out moment. We were like, I know, she's great. So great. Olivia's great. But it's cool because you literally, and and when you have that type of of a set and that type of a costume and hair and makeup department, you really it's easy to slip into that world. When they call action, you're not in in America. You're in Gotham. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a totally... It's not New York. It's Gotham. It's right. just different, more gritty, more exciting, more visceral, and so many more possibilities. There's so much freedom that comes to the world that you have to put yourself in as as an X-Man or as a mutant in that type of space. Yeah, as opposed to the types of performances where they're like, okay, you're a, a woman who is sad. Right. You have cancer. Go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Oh. Uh, what kind of cancer? The one that they don't have enough research on or haven't probably been that able one. to cure? Yeah, probably that one. Rolling. Yeah. Uh, the one that I can't afford? Got that's it. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, go with that. Is it covered by... No, probably not. Okay. I mean, and if it is, it's going to take a lot of years and they're going to fight you in court and the insurance yeah. company is probably going to end up winning because yeah. uh, they're just too big and powerful. And if you and if you actually come out of this, then it'll be way hard for you to get uh, insurance or anything else ever after. Again. Ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, uh, go, Amer- go. America. Go. <laughs> Whereas in Marvel Land. <laughs> That's right. In Marvelville, they've got a pill. Or, you know, they you just get bitten by a radioactive spider. The types and of things that would normally give you a terminal disease give you superpowers. Give you superpowers. Radioactive, oh, I got bit by a radioactive thing. I actually have superpowers and not 
Horrible cancer. Well, yeah. I mean, just look at Daredevil. I mean, uh, the little a little schmutz in the eye, and this guy has incredibly heightened senses. Very heightened senses. And is insanely good at karate yeah. for someone who can't see what he's doing. <laughs> and can heal his body Come on. In, to a degree. Come on. I mean, that's from, great. From a little schmutz. Just a little bit of schmutz in the just eyes. Just a little radioactive schmutz. Just a tiny, just a, just a, tink, a tincture of radioactive schmutz Where do I get the these eyes. drops? Um, I don't know. They sell them at Walgreens? You, you, yes, they're at Walgreens and CVS. <laughs> Are they over the counter? They're, no, it's, but they're locked. You know, like you have to get oh, the attendant yeah, you gotta to come get out. The to, to come they're out by the there. deodorant. Yeah, by the deodorant, the yeah. condoms, and the, t- uh, the Tide the, Pods. By the condoms, yes, exactly, and the Tide Pods. <laughs> It's, some of it is Tide Pod, actually. I can't believe. I was at the grocery store the other day, and I was like, where are all of the Tide Pods? Because people fucking eat them. What? I know. It's Why? It's soap. Remember when that was a punishment? Yeah. yeah, yeah Remember yeah, yeah. when your mom caught you cursing or popping off in some sort of way, and yeah. you had to get like a little drop of something on your tongue? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I think it's just the now idea. Now people want that? It's it's more for social media attention than it this is. This isn't Marvel World. No, it's, it's not. It's not going to give you superpowers. They, even in that world, they wouldn't eat What would your detergent. superpower be, though? What would mine be? Like, would, your, would you be like, suds? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you What's could. What's your superpower? You could fart a bubble that you could then get in, and then it would transport you. Like, Ooh. it would sort of be like a mode of transportation. But... The downside was that it's like a horribly embarrassing expression of the power. It's like you have to fart a bubble. But once you do that, it's fine. And sometimes... Do you have to take your pants off to do it? Oh, boy, Do you have to drop trowel for said traveling bubble? You know, if Spider-Man doesn't have to take off his uh, costume to shoot webs or right. to be able to climb on stuff, right. then maybe not. Like, yeah. maybe it has some sort of a fiber. Like, if you get the right suit, you have right. to have the suit designed by someone. Otherwise, you just shit your pants. Right. But if you don't do that, then yes. You If you have the right suit, then you could have a, you know, okay. like a really... And, but, and also, no one would want to ride with you in... in That's what I was going to say. Last yeah. and final question is, yeah. is the gas inside of said bubble a fart? Yes, of course you- it is. <laughs> but you can't smell your own farts. Um, well, or, you, no. I mean, everyone likes their own brew, but right. no one's going to want to travel and in your the problem fart. is that you show up to save someone and they're like, it's like some villain in prison. Like, like, good. Okay, let's go. And they're like, you know what? I'll take the next one. Like, there isn't a next one. Well, Honestly, I'm sorry. Honestly, where the cops at? <laughs> like, I'll ride in the back. Cuff me. No. <laughs> I so do not want whatever you're about to sell me. <laughs> but also, solid superpower. So, not bad. That's what happens when you eat a radioactive Tide Pod in Marvel Land. You become Sudzor. Uh... <laughs> Suds for short. <laughs> Suds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I always. Whenever I have superhero dreams, I always have Spider-Man powers. Totally. But I'm not even sure that he. You know, like of superheroes that I loved growing up. It's not like I ever thought I want to be Spider-Man, but those are just the like I don't have, really have flying dreams. Yeah. I don't have any other dreams. I just have like crawling on walls and shooting webs. I don't know why. Huh, interesting. Do you? What's yours? Mine was always flying. Mm-hmm. Growing up. <laughs> I remember this dream so vividly. I was like nine years old and I, I got bullied as a kid. And I, all I wanted to do was like to show up to school and then like just be hovering over everyone <laughs> and be like, you were all fucking wrong. 
<laughs> I mean, to a degree, Storm could do that. She totally could. She And she does fly. But, like, I kept it so basic. I didn't have any powers other than the fact that I could personally... Put yourself above them. Put myself above them. But then I was also, like, I remember in the dream, like, for a long time, I, like, I couldn't get off the ceiling, you know? Right. It was almost kind of like that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory oh, where right. I burped too much. Yep. I was too high. And, like, there was no getting down. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it... Uh, I never, cause I had the same, I, I feel like most people, did most people get bullied? Do you think? I feel like everyone got bullied except for, and if people say that they didn't get bullied, it's cause they were the bully. That's right. That's what I think. And I think that everyone has their moments in which they're a bully. Um, you know, like I always am joking around with my friends and like trash talking and I am always giving the people I love the most, like the most hard hard of times and sometimes when you're joking around with people especially people that you know really well and love you can kind of really strike a nerve and either trigger them or create some sort of trauma or whatever so it's hard because especially as a girl you know i mean we've we've played both sides a few times that was my sean connery that was a good sean connery thank you i'm the last dragon we play both sides Uh, we definitely definitely did at one point every 14 year old girl is the worst human being on the planet earth (laughs) (laughs) you know you show up and you're like oh my god can you believe that kathy decided to wear pink on the day that we all wear pink she's a batch she's a total pose Everyone has done something like that. But that's, you know, and it, and that's why it's funny to me that oh, so many nerds have can become like online bullies and they don't think of it as bullying. But it's like if you're trying to take someone down yeah. and you're either hiding behind a screen name yeah. or you're, you know, it's like that's what that is. Like yeah. that's what that is. No, totally. And also, you know, I think that majority of cops were kids who were bullied. You know, and it's so, it's not so easy to become a cop, but like a lot of the time you're like, honestly, a lot of people that I went to school with that got bullied back home are cops. <laughs> Is that true? I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I know that I, the numbers in my experience out of my class of X, like uh, a handful of people who like were kind of loners and didn't have a lot of friends. And like, I was the type of person where I would be like, hey, come fit with me. <laughs> Not everyone likes that. Where did you grow up? Arizona. Oh, you grew up in Arizona. Okay, yeah. I was just trying to. I was trying to get a line. Go, hey, come over here. Yeah, don't stay with there. me. No hey, one talks know. like that. I want you to know that that's just me. That's really no. I grew weird. up in the South. There are people who talk that way. Yeah, but like I don't. So yeah, that's okay. why it's that's why it's kind of sad. But I'd be like, come hang out with me, and they're like, oh no, too much. Like I can be a bit too much a lot of the time. But yeah, those people definitely became cops or some type of enforcer of some some sort. Whether you're they're telling, security like in the senior guard. in high school, if they're starting to grow the mustache, you're like, I know where that's going. I know exactly I what you're trying what to do. I what you're doing. Look, this isn't Miami Vice. Unroll your sleeves. Isn't it nice though that you found a career that allowed you to? express all the because you know when you say like oh i can be a bit much you're just theatrical like it's like people have that theater energy where you want to engage and you want to perform and you want to entertain make people laugh yes all of that yes yes yes. and sometimes and i know because i have it too i remember it was a little much in life yeah and other kids didn't really know how to deal with it because most other kids are not that way yeah i'm so glad that i was able to find but then when you get around like for me comedy or you get around other actors and you're like oh my god these are my people like they do it too you did that too it strikes a chord inside of you where you're like hi I can be myself. Yes. Like, and then someone else is like, me. 
awesome. So wonderful. But yes. then there's also people who are like, hey, can you guys just be a little bit more quiet? What do you mean? It's overwhelming. I'm getting overwhelmed. That's who you know how not to hang out with. Well, I was just about to say, that's what separates the herd if it does not. Mm. I'm the type of person where I'm like, I'm vibrating at a cer- certain frequency. So if you're not going to meet me there, I'm not going to come down. Right. Like, I don't do that unless I'm on set and it's a pullback note. Like, yeah, and see, I'm but- only going to be me 100% of the time. So either you can keep up or you can get out. So the people that in school were probably like, you're just you need to take it down a notch. Like yeah. when you go, let's see. I'm guessing you're probably born ninety one. Yeah. Wow. Nice. So if you were born in ninety one, you would have graduated around two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Two thousand eight, and I graduated early. Okay, you graduated. Early. Oh, mm-hmm. very fancy. Yes. So you would have already had your ten year reunion if there was one. If there was one, yeah. I but graduated early online. Oh, you did. Yeah. So I finished my junior year. So your uh, so your uh, uh, high school reunion was just a chat room. Hey guys, basically, like people showed up to the graduation in PJs. Fantastic. I which I respected. I wore a dress. That's nice. And some church heels. That's really nice. Yeah, thank you. But I was just I was just thinking like when you when you meet those people later in life, if you have you know like now mm-hmm. that you're very successful. Actor, now they'll be like, I always knew you were going to do something really special. And you're like, 10 years ago, you were shitting on me. What are yeah, you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, 100%. But also, if they request me on Facebook, I'll hella add them. <laughs> so they can see your fabulous life? Yeah. <laughs> and they've got like four kids and they like hate themselves. <laughs> and I'm like, look at what karma is. I mean, come on. Look at what karma is, because all I ever did when I was younger was try to make people like me. I think that that's what creates artists and creates actors and comedians, is we're just, you're the class clown. You're trying to make people laugh. You're trying to, and as a as a girl, you just want people to like you, bro. Like, just period. I couldn't get a date or nothing, Jesus. You know, guys want that too, though. I remember that. Yeah, I, I Like, I didn't so have a lot of friends. There's so much toxic masculinity and toxic femininity that holds us back from expressing who we truly are and what we actually want you know it's like oh don't be too big because everyone's not being that big well okay i don't have to i don't have to meet the average and guess what neither do you yeah i mean you know listen i, I grew up in the in the south and i'm not a sports fan i don't understand sports wow. and that you must know have been really hard. it was very weird you yeah. know so like when you don't this toxic masculinity that you're talking about like when i don't uh, connect with other bros yeah. about stuff that bro you know it's like yeah. I don't know what to talk to you about I like computer games I like d and I like I don't yeah. I like comedy I don't know what to say you D&D of course I mean you know I'm considerably older than you are so I have my I still have my original D&D books from mm-hmm. when they were original Oh wow! Yeah, not the reprinted copy no, from two thousand seven. Oh no, shit's real. Fabulous. No, I don't. I don't have the original, original from the seventies, like those like leaflet versions. Yeah, but I have like the like those original hardcover That's books so in storage. I love D and D. D and D was like my first um, view into character building. Of course, that was my first thing where I was like, wait, and teamwork. I can be anything. No, no, no. Fuck teamwork. <laughs> I don't team up in D&D, bro. Oh, shit. I go ham. You're looking at, uh, um, what is what is her name? Z- Zathina. I'm level one because okay. I, like, still suck, but I, like, enjoy the game and I like to have fun and I'm not competitive, but... What's your alignment, then? Like, would you play, like, evil characters or do you play, like, chaotic good or... Um, I'm more of an 
elven princess who likes spells okay. and likes to go on her own quests. Mm-hmm. But like, if other people want to join, that's cool. But like, it's my quest. It's not. Gonna, I'm not going to like join some some troll mm-hmm. on his quest to right. go find more trolls. Like, right, right, right. Here. Gotta get right. a hobbit. Yeah. What is this? The ring? Get out of here. <laughs> I'm on my way to the top mountain so I can become the high priestess and I can rule all of you with my fairy powers. Like, I love creating different characters with D&D. I just love the idea that you get someone to DM for you and it's just the two of you. And he's like, shouldn't there be a party? No. Just give me a tab of that fucking mountain. I'm trying to find a thing. Let me know. Give me powers. Well, other people are around. Like, it's not just me and, like, a master. Like, I'm, okay. I'm, there are other people there. Okay, 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 okay. They're Good. just subsidiary characters. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, all I just so all you guys know. Uh, so the the uh, dwarf is second on the call yeah, sheet. The barbarian yeah. third on the call sheet. Know your place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just in character. I'm just in character. You guys. Oh, sorry. No, I'll come in character. I I have elf ears and like a little satchel. I have a bow and arrow. It's kid size, of course, because I'm trying to carry around a bow and arrow. I feel like I'm going to have so to... so much fun. I'm going to have to introduce you to some really great D&D people that I think you would, would really enjoy. Yeah! I love a good story. Yeah. But also, like, I like to have fun. So, like, for me, I'm always constantly like, hey, what's that rule and can we bend it? Mm-hmm. Like, this is our quest, so how many of, like, the certain things do we have to, like, specifically follow? Well, the right DM will tell you, like, you can bend the rule if you can make this, if you roll, you know, like, if you right. can make the throw, right, then right, right. You, then maybe right. there's a way that you can bend this. But there's a, you know, like a good D, the good DMs know how to be flexible, but they yeah. still know how to keep everything within a structure and on track totally. and keep it very cinematic and yes. very you know exciting. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's I especially think D and D is great for anyone who felt like you and I did when we were growing up that didn't really connect with other people that still allows you to express all of that yeah. all of that energy you know all of like that all anger. of that all of yeah. that creative anger it's, it's a lot of anger <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i was an angry kid like i was that's why i think i wanted uh, the quests to be all about me it was because you know i have this superstar athlete older brother and i'm like not very athletic or competitive and i was weird and i had really messed up teeth and i didn't know what i was doing with my hair because my mom had no idea what she was doing with my hair i don't think anyone in the 90s and early 2000s really knew what to do with mixed hair like in general right let alone just curly hair right you know so i was looking wild (laughs) (laughs) no one hang out with me unless they like thought i was funny and liked my jokes you know that was the only thing that kept me going was like and you're in arizona where it's like you're on the fucking surface of the sun for a good chunk of the surface of the sun but it's also very conservative but i did go to an art school that kind of helped instill like a nerd sanctuary and well that's sense. good as long as you stay indoors like honestly in august running around phoenix is like you're like an ant trying yeah. to escape a, a magnifying glass i feel so bad for people who play sports i bet you that's also another reason why i was like it's hot <laughs> can <laughs> we gonna, go inside you want to run outside are you fucking crazy uh i'm already sweating <laughs> i mean come on you guys i can't well I'm, I'm so interested to hear about this though because it sounds like they're you know as a as a developing teenager, developing your your psyche, yes. what uh, it feels like there's a lot of swirling identities here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what like wh- how how did you 
reconcile that or where did you, you know, did the internet help at all? Like at least be able to connect with other people <clears throat> or, or did you like, how do, how do you, like, what do you, what do you think your identity was and what was your search for your identity when you were growing up? Well, the only online community that was like real for when I was growing up was chat roulette, mm-hmm. which as we all know, is just all dicks. So like there wasn't me like finding <laughs> they the should have just called it dick online. roulette. It should have just right. been called dick roulette. It was roulette. like AOL instant messenger or it was like chat roulette. Like there wasn't like a lot of places where you could go and find like-minded people who didn't want to be like, oh, send me a picture. Right. Like, you know, so there is that. Um, but I realized when I was really young that I was not going to be a sports or athletic person. Mm-hmm. My parents are both um, athletic and academic driven. My brothers are very much so like that. And I'm super not. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be inside. I like to play instruments. I like to read comics and watch cartoons. I like to play music. And I put on little skits and shows. And very quickly, my parents put me into theater at 10. Smart. And because uh, also everyone's like, she has ADD. But my mom's a total hippie and was like, we must channel it, not drug it. So I uh, I started in theater. Just <laughs> like, you know, good for her, right? And then... Um, I, I played, do you know the children's book, The Stinky Cheese Man? No. It's fantastic. It's about this. this the Stinky Cheese Man? Yeah. It's about, well, he's kind of like the puck or like the narrator of the story. Okay. And then all of these different fairy tales are going on around him, like Princess okay. and the Pea and stuff. I played The Stinky Cheese. All right. Good. Well I had done. a cheese hat. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, and I was like, this is it. This is it. I got the bug. I The minute that spotlight hit me and I gave him my first stinky cheese line, I was like, okay, this is me. I drank the Kool-Aid. I loved it. And I just kept doing that. I was fortunate enough to have the type of mom who was who would just regularly check in with me and be like, hey, are you still doing what you want to do? Okay, cool. And then spends an insane amount of money putting me in the right programs in which I can do that. But then who are you in the quiet moments? Because I did read a little bit about you, and I know your mother was a yoga instructor. Yeah. So it, when you have all this manic energy, like mm-hmm. in, like bouncing off, and I don't yeah. mean like clinically manic, but I just mean you like you have all this no, energy. No, manic. <laughs> no, it's diagnosed. It's manic. You know, and so, you know, your your mom is, a, is an instructor of like, just like finding your center finding your peace peace and whatever so are you able to have quiet moments and when you do is that a different is there someone underneath the top layer that you protect or is yeah she's an emotional basket case right (laughs) i mean as as any artist will tell you there's just because we're loud and outlandish and big doesn't mean that we're also not like big softies on the inside who mm-hmm. just want to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. I think like as artists, we'll accept crumbs and we'll make a whole cake out of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just big, pulling as many crumbs together as I'm like a hungry, possible. hungry hippo, bro. <laughs> and I'm about to make a souffle out of them little white balls. That sounded weird. Did, but you got you know the I game. think we understood. You know I think we okay. got the yeah. It didn't yeah. you know? Only a few people would have gone to the bad place with that, right? But which is I, me. But <laughs> but but that's a that, that's actually one of the coolest things I think I've ever heard on the podcast is like taking crumbs and making a cake out of it. It's like yeah, that's what we do, and that's because we don't as performers. It's so difficult to know. Like, am I doing this right? There's no, it's not linear. The validation, the validation. Is, it's like a wave, and that's the that's also the allure of social media. So I want to know 
as a millennial, and I feel like millennials do get an unfairly bad rap. Yes. About, you know, like, oh, you're too soft, you're yeah. too attention hungry, you're yeah. too this, you're too that. Yeah. What does it feel like from your point of view? Yeah. When people say that, are you like, fuck you? I, you know, like, I feel this way because of X, Y, or Z, or what yeah. you're not seeing is you know, ABC. Right. Well, for me, I don't get any validation from social media in any way, shape, or form. So, like, because I'm not, like, doing, like, the bikini photos or, like, I'm not politically correct all the time. So there is that side of being a millennial that kind of tips the scale where people are like, oh, so, like, you big on social media or something? I'm like, bro, no. Like, I, the only reason why I do it is because I have to. Mm-hmm. Is because it's a part of my business now. I never thought that I was going to go into marketing, being an actor, but here I am Everyone has it. to be a marketer now. Everyone has to. Now I got to figure out what my brand is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my brand is Shaft and then it's X-Men and then it's this and then it's that and I'm and I'm whatever that needs to be in that moment but aside from that you know who I am is is mine. You know I feel I I uh and if you don't want to talk about this you certainly don't have no, to. Go for it. Good but, but I think I think you may have been and I know this is a crazy thing in our current media landscape. Oh I God, think you may have it. been slightly misquoted all the time. <laughs> Cuz I think there was was there something about how I think you were just sort of making the point of like that you wanted to do a, a Storm standalone movie yeah. and that it was like, no, I'm not shitting on anyone else or any other characters. It's just like it would be nice to do a Storm standalone movie. But yeah. I think it, it, it got it got translated into something a little maybe clickbaitier yeah. about. Well, totally. And also the thing is, is that um, it's context. You need to have context. If I take a snippet of of an entire conversation or if in passing I say something and I only have five minutes on the carpet with you mm-hmm. and you ask me a question, I'm going to give you a quick short answer, mm-hmm. but I probably shouldn't have even answered the question because I only, I was, it was doing it in passing. I'm like, well, not enough time to unload that, <laughs> you know, but it's me and I pop off and I get excited uh, and I overdo it. Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. I always overdo it. I will always admit that I'm wrong. I stand behind everything I say, and I want someone to prove me wrong. And mm-hmm. I want someone to say, Alex, Kurt, it actually is this. And I'm like, you know what? Hand to Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that was me. You right. But, like, for me, I was asked if I would want to team up and, and do a movie with Black Panther. And I was like, huh, duh. That would be so lit. But at the same time, I think that it, it would be really nice to see Storm doing Storm. I think that she needs that standalone movie. No one wants, well, everyone would want to go to see the Avengers. But if you didn't have all those other movies that kind of linked everyone to the Avengers, uh, to them coming together, right. if you don't know the characters, you only know them in the comics, I mean, yeah, you have that. But for me, I'm like, it, it's nice to watch Thor and then see him join the Avengers. Right. It's nice to watch Iron Man's and then see him team up with people. That's fun. Yeah. That's interesting to me. And that also creates a lot for an audience. And I think that the, I feel the same way about Storm. I'm like, I would love to see it. I'd love to do that movie. It would be great if the king and queen of Africa, with all of their mutant powers and vibranium, came together and like had this awesome badass movie that would be so lit that would be so dope i want that i would love that okay yes i would love that but i want storm to have a movie too and also i have so many like nerd conversations with my friends and my family about a storm standalone everyone's always telling me no storm needs black panther because she hasn't had enough in the in the past x-men movies to really warrant a, a whole standalone 
And and to that I'm like, well, first of all, we're talking about Storm here. Take away the uh, my performance and everyone else's performance in in the movies. You're talking about a huge comic book character right. who has enough history. There's material enough history. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I think that it doesn't matter who's playing it. She deserves a standalone movie. Right. I would like to see that. I think that would be amazing. Um, and I know that people will show up for it the way that they showed up for Black Panther, the way they showed up for Wonder Woman, and the way that they showed up for Captain Marvel, and the way they're going to show up for Dark Phoenix. <laughs> in, in theaters. theaters, June 7, 2019. Very sly. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah, that was really nice. Plan to see. That was some nice marketing you did there. Mm, thank you. Just drop that in there. You know, I know my publicist will appreciate that. But no, but I mean, like... I I think it would be dope to have have that standalone movie and then it would be great to see them kind of fuse forces and have a, a Black Panther um, Storm movie. That I would total, be dope. I totally agree. I think if they were going to team up Storm and Black Panther, I think it would be essential to have a Storm standalone movie first because you want to it's like you want to set the characters up so that when like you said when you see them come together it's like oh yeah, you know yeah and you know Aurora, you know where they've come from you've seen it not only read it and created it in your mind but you've seen it right and are able to then be like oh remember when they like had that one nod at each other mm-hmm. and then like in the next movie they're teaming up and oh my god like Every, you can create those through lines. And who knows? I mean, obviously, there's just so much speculation now because of the Disney Fox thing. Right. And, you know, like, I, I feel like someday, and I have no inside information, right. but eventually, who knows, five or ten years, they're going to have to do Avengers versus X-Men. Like, they're just going to have to do it. Like, right. Because it... Well, because they can't team up. Because that's like... I mean, like... I grew up on Funkadelics. I love Parliament, but that's a lot of bandmates. <laughs> Have you ever been to a Parliament show before? I've never been to a Parliament to show. Once. Really? Yeah. A lot of people. All you know is George. You know George. So they tour- you know George. So they have like three tour buses. And then there are people who are in the band. And then there are people who are just family. Yeah. And they kind of go along for it. And so it's really fun to watch because they um, – I was interviewing him for something. And so <gasps> I went to see the show. Awesome. and. And, uh, and he was great. And they and the show started and they go, okay, so, you know, the show's just going to start and then George will just come out whenever George feels like it's right. And so the show, awesome. so those like all, all the family members were out and they were playing and doing all sorts of shit. And there were people who like even just had like a salt shaker and were just on Fabulous. stage shaking it. And so it was this like beautiful, harmonious thing that was going on. And then eventually he just kind of like all of a sudden just wandered rainbow out. rainbow dreads. Yes. And what's amazing about it is the, the relationship with the audience is like they know that's the deal. Yeah. And – even though it's unpredictable, that's yeah. sort of the At fun. least he's going to come out. At least he's going to come out. Yeah. And when he does, it's like, oh, fuck, it finally he's happened. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. good. It's a nice build. But that's a lot of people. I couldn't name every single person on his on his band. It's it's not like the Beatles. Right. You know what I mean? So when you're talking, like, I got asked if, if Storm, if, if I would want Storm to join the Avengers. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that'd be so lit. Like, that would be so fire. <laughs> like, I would love that. But second of all, like, we already have a huge team of X-Men, and there's already a huge team, and they're adding to it with with Avengers. So I'm like, that just feels like a lot of people in one room. Well, there's a couple less Avengers now, you guys. <laughs> we don't spoil anything for I'm not going to say anything. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say Why anything. Do do I don't know. I just... You said it now. No, said they... It. It's it. fine. Now spin it's it. It's fine. It's all... It's fine. Hulk, Hulk kills everyone. Oh! <gasps> 
But I don't want to. Oh, God, I didn't mean to say that. I mean, is that a surprise, though? <laughs> Can you really trust the whole? He can't control himself. How long is it, has it been, really? You know, maybe just see the movie and, and then we'll talk can about we get, it. Can we get Hulk some beta blockers or something? Something or some melatonin. I mean, just drowse him up a bit. Valerian. You know what? Valerian roots Baby good. Benadryl. The little Benadryl. <clears throat> ben, you know what? Maybe that's his. It's just his whole thing is just an allergic reaction to gamma radiation. Yeah. If he had some yeah. Benadryl, he could flush that right out of his what system. What was it that uh, moms in the 60s used to do? A little whiskey on the on the pacifier? Oh, to, to like, for, bourbon. For I think it was bourbon. bourbon. For, for teething babies. I think it was bourbon. That's what we need for the Hulk. Yeah, that's he just, just needs, for him to suck on. He just needs a bourbon pacifier <laughs> to chill the fuck out for we a minute. We call that a bourbon binky. Can we find a bourbon binky for the Hulk, Can please? we get the Hulk? And then, yeah, that totally, that would solve everything. But that's a lot of people. It's a ton of people. That's a lot of people. And so I was like, yeah, would that be awesome? A hundred percent. Would that be a five-hour movie just to get a line from everyone? Totally. Plus, that shoot would be so long. It takes so long just to get um, enough coverage on five, six X-Men. Imagine 20 uh, Avengers and uh, X-Men fused together, all teaming up, the amount of coverage that you'd have to get. I mean, they'd take a year to shoot. Yeah, but And I don't think anyone has the time or the money, especially with the level of stars that that they have for the Avengers. But that's the thing, is that now that you're a part of this this genre and a very significant part of this genre you you know it's like you're gonna get these questions you're gonna get these hypotheticals and you're gonna get a lot of stuff where you're like I I don't know I was in Australia yesterday and now I'm in Frankfurt like I don't I I don't know you know but also you never know how much time you got right and so that for me is where I always put my foot in my mouth because I'll give a quick you know three sentence statement and then it'll be like okay but I didn't have time to elaborate on it you know and, you and when little... you're in those press junkets yes. you only have three to five minutes and these people are looking for clickbait and you also that's what I forgot you have a bit of the comedy curse too which is you might not you 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 might not get the forgiveness curve because people in those moments might not realize that you're just fucking around. I'm just joking. And yeah. you have to fuck around to keep yeah. yourself sane. Yeah. To keep yourself awake. Yeah. So you could just throw you know just like throw some funny joke then in context like oh that's so fucking funny she said that but if it's taken out of context and recontextualized, taken out of context then put in text and then I read it back and I'm like oh. But I hope this doesn't stop you from being you because that would be. A crime because you should be you and you should be as funny as you are and want to be and not and just like because that's all Thank all that you. shit's noise. But I'm not a but I'm not a comedian. I don't go up. I don't do shows. I'm not. A, you've got you've I'm got the comic comedian. energy though. Well, Thank you. My family, we like to think that we're funny people. When it's when it's a sad moment, we're cracking jokes. We're trying to like, keep it light. We you will always go into do. bits. Comedies like your movies, armor. Funny voices. That's how we get out of awkward situations. That's exactly right. It's the armor. But it's but it's hard because a lot of the time, I, you know, I'll make a joke and it'll be too dirty or too crass or in, insanely blunt, but I'll say it with a funny voice and a ba da ba ba da ba. Yeah. And it'll get a laugh from the table and then it'll spread like wildfire that I I don't I that I don't like uh Black Panther. Well yeah. you're just like That's not what I said. What? But also I do that a lot on Twitter and that's why I've just like totally deleted the app is because a hundred and two hundred and sixty or two hundred and forty characters or whatever is not enough for me to get my point across. No, there's no context there and there's no conversation. No context and you can share that and you can create your own you can take that and create your own narrative. And you know, I've in, in the last like two years I've really been experiencing how 
far we've gone down that rabbit hole as a society when it comes to wanting clickbait, when it comes to people only reading headlines and not watching the interview or, or listening to the interview. They're taking everything out of context and then creating an entire witch hunt That's right. based off of one statement yeah, that you- someone they don't know have never met. And have no investment in. And have no investment in, but they're just like, I hate you. Yeah. You said that one thing and now you're done. Didn't even say that thing, you're and saying. I didn't even say it. And yeah. I didn't even say but it. But that's all noise. And, the, and and I'm glad to hear that you are, have pulled away from it in the sense that you're not letting it infect your life and who you are. Because all that stuff, all the clickbait stuff, all of the misquotings and whatever, it's just noise. And yeah. people will forget about it. And it shouldn't. You know, I'm just – and my unsolicited advice that you did not ask for is just don't let it stop you from being you because that's really important. And your energy is important and it is inspiring to people and the people that are going to give you shit and it's like it's a small percentage of toxic people and that's more about them than it is you. Yeah. And But honestly, being biracial, I've been bullied my entire life. Well, that's, that's the other identity own... question when you're when you're growing up. Yeah. You're growing up biracial in Arizona in a certain partly political climate with hippie parents. You yep. like nerdy stuff. You like um, you're very theatrical. Yeah. Everyone else about it. So it's like, where are you finding your footing in all? There of was that? no box. There was no box to tick. It was just other, you know. And and I got bullied a lot because of that. And I have developed such a thick skin that you know it's not as bad as when you were a kid because people would like for real say it to your face like i don't like you you look weird and you're just like oh i'm gonna go home and cry whereas now no one would ever say a a third of the shit that they say online to your face right no one will ever do that if someone and after i did Aaliyah, i remember being really paranoid thinking that someone was gonna just come up and punch me in the face because of all of the hate that i got all, there was so much hate that I got for taking on the role. And I was like, yo, you don't think that there are 20 more of me waiting for me to drop out so that they can get it? This movie's getting made whether I do it or not. Let me do it for the right reasons. And I was scared that in real life someone was really going to try and hurt me. It was all in my head. But it never – yeah, it's, it, didn't, it didn't happen. It was all in my head because I'm paranoid. But, but that's you the know, thing is that like all the things – It's not real. Especially when you're growing up or even if you're an adult and all the things that you feel like – make you different that people go ah you're different whatever those are the things that you should embrace because those are all the things that make you special yeah and the more the more of those that you have that you feel different the more unique you are yeah and those are all the things that i'm sure you're able to call upon now and embrace yeah that make you you know, inspiring to other people who feel like I feel like I've got you know ten feet in different yeah. in different ponds, and I don't know which one. It's like, yeah, you're all of those things, yeah. and each one of those things. But also believe that like I did not rise above. Like I got expelled from a lot of schools for fighting because I didn't fit into so many different boxes. That and I was a kid, and if I knew then what I know now, you know that old saying. Sure. If I knew that my differences were what made me special, and if I just focused on those things, I would rise above in my own right. Um, I think I'd be so much better off. But no one has that capacity, emotional, you know, where wherewithal to to think that when they're young. And so it's like if everyone's coming at me, then. I'm backed into a corner, fight or flight. I'm not going to joke my way out of this. I'm surrounded. So, yeah, it was it's it's not easy because when you're bullied, you just want to hit someone. Mm -hmm. And I 
being who I am, was not afraid to do that. <laughs> I'm so jealous because I was. <laughs> you were so scared. Nah, dude. I got, I, well, I got brothers, bruh. Oh, I, got, go. I got brothers, so I not only know how to take a hit, but I know how to fight dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking sand in the eyes, hair pulling. Go right for the stone. Scratch. Yeah. Scratch. Yeah. Son. I kept nice. my nails long. Yeah. Well, because you have to defend yourself. Well, I, I think all of those things, you know, gave you strength. And they gave you focus and it gave you armor. Yeah. And, you know, and it, and it is. It is for anyone who feels like, oh, I feel, you know, fuck trying to fit in. Yeah. Because trying to fit in means that you're not creating something different yeah. and establishing something for yourself. Well, you're lowering yourself. You're lessening yourself in order to make other people feel You're dampening feel comfortable. your shine to fit into another yeah, system. fuck that. Brighten up or put on some sunglasses. Because <laughs> mama's glowing. <laughs> I always, I, my last name ship, but I'm always like, this ship is moving, honey. So either you get on board or you, you wait on the docks right. and you can enjoy the show from the shoreline. And that is probably why, you know, as stressful and weird as this business can be, yeah. that you prob- you're probably have built in strength and skill sets to navigate it because it, it is a weird at sometimes very unforgiving business that works for reasons that yeah. are shitty or unpredictable or who knows why. Yeah. And, uh, and well, so- I've stopped sharing my opinion unless people ask. So that's good. Well, that's... I, I stopped in, putting my foot in my mouth. In general, I just think that's a good... And that's a very stoic idea of before you say something, asking think. yourself, is this something that needs to be said? Right. And sometimes the answer is yes. Yeah. And sometimes the answer is like, I'm just yeah. talking to talk. Yeah, I'm just really <laughs> hearing my own voice because you're hella silent right now. And I'm trying to fill the space. So let's just be comfortable with the yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you put your foot in your mouth. You Hold do on. it. It's cute when you do it. And then I just sit here nodding and smiling. But, I mean, you have to kind of, it's it's a survival mechanism. It's a it's a it's a way to cope and i think as as adults and human beings we have all found what works for ourselves mm-hmm. hopefully it's not addiction yeah you know but whatever you can find that helps you cope with all of the stress that that goes into being an adult and yeah. that goes into having all these different judgments but honestly i just keep my head down and i work I let my work speak for itself and if i have an interview and someone's asking me questions I'm always 100% real, 100% honest. But other than that, like, keep your mouth shut, put your head down, and let your resume speak for itself. Worry about your work. Because at the end of the day, in 20, 50, 60 years, people aren't going to be talking about a comment that I made. Right. On Twitter or on a on a red carpet at a at a comic convention, yeah, they're, they're going to be say this performance changed my life. It inspired me. It made me. They're going to be shipping connected. that movie to the moon so that future alien generations, <laughs> eons later, are going to be able to watch. Yeah. That's real. That's raw. That's what people are going to think about. I'm not thinking about um, Audrey Hepburn now. I'm thinking about all the things that she did, right? And what that what that did to affect either social change or just affect an entire era. You know, a friend of mine is uh, a pretty successful actor, and when people ask him, they try to corner him in junkets and stuff, or they ask him political things, or just mm-hmm. like, 
you know those those landmines. It's like the, sometimes people have a way of phrasing questions that are just fucking landmines. Wherever yeah. you step, it's going to blow up. And he just very quietly says, like, oh, I'm a dumb actor. I don't have... And he has a very soft British accent. He's mm. like, oh, I'm a dumb actor. I don't have any opinion. I, I don't have anything smart to say about that. And it just, like, diffuses the whole thing because it's yeah. self-deprecating. Yeah. And it also is a way to sort yeah. of... Just, like Avoid it, the conflict. Avoid the and conflict. And yet at the same time, who are we if we're not using our platforms? Yes, that's true. But you are not able to use your platform effectively in that in that situation right, when it comes to politics unless because, we're talking about like you know lgbtq people being stoned or hung in senate yes Hall. yes then yes, it's yes, like yes, yes, yes. actually you know what i do have an opinion you're talking that that's talking about like human rights violations and of right. course people right. need to stand up for that but right. i mean i like, mean who'd you vote for and he's like honestly I'm that's English. what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah exactly or or it's just if you're in the, a certain context, you know, like no matter what I say, they're going to flip this around, and yeah. the message which would normally be helpful isn't is going to be lost because yeah. it's going to get turned into this other thing. But of course, and especially like on your own social media, or like a place where you can totally. fully explain, you know, uh, express yourself, yeah, then that's important. But I just mean like the 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 sort of junket landmines where it's like yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, they try and bait and switch you, and yeah. it doesn't matter how long you answer, they're yeah. going to pull from it with they pull from it because they're the author and i'm just fuel for your clickbait fire yeah and, and look at that you know i'm out here trying to have interesting intelligent conversations about human. about what i'm doing i'm here to talk about what i'm doing and you're trying to take it and, and turn it into likes and favorites and shares because you think that, that is a, a sense of worth and i'm so sorry that that is how people see this world today it is really sad that you think that likes and favorites and shares and and all of and trending on twitter whatever it sucks that people think that that means something Mm -hmm. because it doesn't are you a good person do you hold the door open for elderly people do you do you take care of your family do you love your friends do you support your friends are you there for them do you think about other people when you don't have to yeah how do you treat waiters and bartenders and <laughs> and uh, Uber drivers and valet people. That is a definition of who you are. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks that that's not where our society is right now. But like we said, it's going to take 10 years and it's going to be a whole, whole roundabout. I All the time my friends are like, oh, you're not, you're not going on all these red carpets and doing all these events and, and you're not selling stuff on Instagram and you don't have a QR code that, that links to 20% <laughs> off here and there and you could be making millions off of social media. And I'm like, w- one, thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so nice of you. That's so nice of Something you. I know. People like me. It's I weird. I know. It's wild. It's, like it's, a it's lot so of great. Thank you so much. Two, I have, I have no interest in doing that type of stuff. I mean, yeah. mailbox money is great, but if it doesn't have anything to say behind it, mm-hmm. then like, I, if it doesn't have like a social cause, then I like don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. But also, like we were just saying, people are loving the fact that some artists don't have social media, that you have, have to actually get in your car and go and see their shows or 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 go to their movies or whatever it is um and i think we're going to come back around to that i think the world's going to come back around and realize that that old school way of, of doing things is actually setting up for you to be able to really do something different yeah yeah and it's a little as a friend of mine refers to it sweaty to be like hey everybody like this picture do this like that and you know i understand it because we do have to be marketers to kind of you know to do the thing that we want to be able to do but 
but people are getting desensitized to it and it's just becoming all noise. And I'm yeah. glad that you've been able to, you know, take this experience from you being uh, a youngin in the di- in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Which really doesn't feel like that long ago to it me. Wasn't, anyway, it wasn't. It wasn't. And, and, and be able to do something creative with it. And I think there's real power in that for you to inspire other people who felt the way that you felt to yeah. let them know you're not alone. What what the things that make you different make you special. Yeah, and there are things that you can do to harness and and use that energy for. Well, you're for enough. Good. I think it's so hard for people That's to realize that they're enough. That's all they want to hear. But guess what? You don't even have to hear it. You just have to hear it from yourself. You just have to tell yourself, I'm enough. Okay, so-and-so, we went on a date, and they're not calling me back. And did I say something? Did I smell weird? Was it What was it? It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with you. What you do has nothing to do with me. What I do has nothing to do with anybody else. As long as we stay in that mindset, we're able to, well, I mean, I know it sounds a little selfish, but at the same time, we're able to take away the emotional attachment to the mm-hmm. things that people do and say. Um, and that even goes as far as allowing LGBTQ people to get married. Right. If we can have that mindset when it comes to something like that, we can have that mindset where it's like, I don't have to explain myself to you. I don't have to sell my Instagram and my Twitter to to in order to have people like me. I don't care if you don't like me. It doesn't affect me that someone in the middle of buttfuck nowhere doesn't like me. <laughs> That's okay. It has nothing to do with me. I'm going to live my best life. It's really hard to stay in that mindset. But, you know, that's where meditation and checking in with yourself really comes back. We're enough. We've always been enough because we're great. No one's going to do you better than you. How fire is that? You are quite the ambassador for the millennial generation. Thank you so much. much. So I can make millions? First of all, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You you look really sweet. (laughs) Second of all, kind of fuck you because (laughs) I was trying to take a picture and you you got in the way of it. Definitely photobombed myself. Yeah, you photobombed myself and I don't appreciate it. And I dropped my stick and now I have to buy a new one for $4.99 in downtown LA. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm excited to see. The things going to know you have a Dark Phoenix and you have Son of Shaft coming up. Yes. I really, I'm interested to see you do like some like weird comedy stuff too. Well, I just did a movie uh, with Adam Devine and the guys who did The Hangover and Bad Moms. Oh, fantastic. Moms. Yeah. Todd so Phillips? I got to be, yes. No, not Todd Phillips. Um, Which guy? Like the actors or the? Oh, no, the writers. And the, oh, the, the writers. The writer so, directors. Gotcha, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I just did, a, I just did a job with them cool. and I got to be funny. Fantastic. Which was cool. I never don't, I don't, I'm like, people think I'm funny, but I don't think people actually like think I could be funny on screen. And they really kind of believed in me. And that was really nice. It'll, you know, it, you'll start doing more of that stuff. And then when people see, then it'll be like, yeah, I mean, it's all dick jokes, but it's good. dick jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the good stuff. That ultimately what everyone needs is just a good dick joke. Yeah. If you can't make fun of penises, can you really make fun of anything? Yes. They're horrible looking. Of course. It's like, they're, they're just like, they're, they're terrible like, and yet beautiful. Come on. <laughs> like troll dolls. Yeah. Like it's like a, my little pony. They're so ugly that they're adorable. Yeah. It's like a little, it's like a, what are those kittens? Those dwarf kittens oh, those or like those cats. Yeah. Or like yeah. those dogs that have cleft palates, but they're really cute. Right. Right. But right. That's a dick. Or like a, sh- or like a Sharpay. Yeah. Like all, all those wrinkles. It's all wrinkly, but yeah, adorable. Yeah, but it's sweet. But it's it okay. loves peanut butter. <laughs> Wait, we're yeah. talking about 
The dog. Oh, the dog. Yeah, the yeah, dog. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog. Yeah. I don't yeah, think... If your dick likes peanut butter, that's all right, too. We're no, there's no judgment. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Or if it is, either. I'm pretty sure that that's called animal abuse. We just thought of it, and so it is It is a, it is a thing somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere it Someone is. Someone did that. Alexander Ship, thank you so much for being here. Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations on everything. Thank you. You're a goddamn delight. Oh, wow. Thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're enough. Thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That was the Eddie Tenty Podcast number 1003 with Alexandra Ship. Um, and this is word salad wrap. I'm wondering how many things in your life do you think are liabilities that might be assets that cause so much of so much of how we navigate the world, it, most of how we navigate the world, if not all, <laughs> it, it revolve around the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. So what stories are you telling you about yourself? Do you have things that you – I mean everyone has stuff about themselves like, oh, I wish I were this. I wish I had this thing or I wish I – you know, I don't like my arms, or I don't like this, or I don't like my eyes are too close together. My eyes aren't close enough together. Who knows? What it's a personality trait. But what things in your life do you think you might be able to view as assets? Because I tend to think, you know, I think especially social media, but it's just sort of a general human thing to want to be like everyone else, be like the crowd. Oh, if I just look like this, if I just had this, if I just did that, I would be part of a community I would be accepted but 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 I just feel like uh all the things that make you different make you unique and uniqueness is good because the world likes uniqueness and you should like uniqueness so what stories are you telling you about yourself and is there a way to see the positives in those things or to see how they can be used to your advantage or see how they could use like that your uniqueness and what makes you different actually sets you apart from everyone else and makes you stand out as opposed to rushing to fit in all the time. I mean, being a part of community is obviously important, but, but, but to want to be a part of something at all costs at, at, at cost of your sanity, your health, your you, is that good? I mean, I don't think it is, but you may say, well, what if, um, what if I tell myself a story about something where that's an asset and, me, and what if I'm wrong? What if I'm lying to myself? And I would say like, well, you're probably telling yourself a negative story where you're lying to yourself, <laughs> where you're like, I'm just the worst. You're not the worst. Or I, I'll never be able to dot, dot, dot. It's, not, it's likely that that is not the case. Um, but we are all storytellers. 
humans are storytellers. Everything about humanity is a story. And I think we forget sometimes that we're, in a lot of cases, the author of our own story. I mean, again, you can't, stoically, you can't author the world around you externally, but you can certainly author what's in your head. You can author how you perceive it. You can author how you perceive yourself. Are there reasons you're so down on yourself? Are there reasons, you know, that you feel like you deserve to beat yourself up? Uh, And how can you dislodge those Um, because you don't deserve to do those things to yourself. And so what kinds of stories can you be telling yourself? I mean, I, I, sometimes I say to myself like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, if I say I'm good at something, what if I'm wrong? Or if I say I can achieve something, what if I'm wrong? Or what if I, it's like, so what, you know, are you wrong? If you tell yourself that you suck worse than everyone else? Yeah, probably. (laughs) So why do you accept the negative storytelling when that's probably not real. Isn't it better to go for positive storytelling? It doesn't make you an arrogant asshole to accept that you might be good at something or to accept that you're good enough. Keeping yourself down doesn't do you any favors and it doesn't do the world any favors. And in a way, it's almost a little selfish because it kind of, you know, puts you in a position where people are like, oh, poor you. You don't want to be, you don't have to do that to yourself. You deserve better than that. And there are, are definitely things about you that you probably don't even realize are assets. And there are definitely things that you think are wrong with you that actually are the things that are right with you. So how do you do that? Maybe write them down. Just see it from a different perspective. Sometimes looking at yourself, when you can write stuff down, you can look at yourself as, you know, as data points and have a little bit more of a third person perspective rather than a first person perspective on it and say, okay, well, if I'm not the type of person where X, Y, and Z were to be true. What if I were? How would I see those things? You know, instead of saying what if to catastrophize, (laughs) what if the worst thing happens? You know, what if I'm good at this? What does that look like? What if I can use this? What if I would be able to achieve this thing and do it successfully and be happy about it? What type of person would I need to be to look at this in a positive, constructive way? So... You know, work on your storytelling. We all have stories in our brain and we think that because our brains tell us things that those are some sort of personal law and it's not true. You don't have to believe everything your brain tells you. (laughs) You can write the story of you. And so um, that's just the little nugget today for today's word salad wrap. I hope uh, you're having a wonderful day or night or evening or middle of the night, whatever it is. And as always, I appreciate you and uh, I will see you in your ears very soon. All right. A good day. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, You're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.
You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.